Amen and amen. Thank you, Angelina. That was beautiful. Beautiful offering to, to the Lord. For a second, I thought I was hearing Lauren Daigle. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right, if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to um, the book of Genesis, chapter 1. The book of Genesis, chapter 1. We have been uh, looking at the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians, chapter 5. And uh, we've learned that the manifestation of the presence of God in us is revealed as we live out these fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. Very good. Self-control. If we live by the Spirit... If we are led by the Spirit, Paul said, we will also walk by the Spirit. And uh, the first mention of the Spirit of God is in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. So would you turn with me to Genesis, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5, and then we're going to pick up with verse 26. <clears throat> now, for the next several Sundays, I want to share with you sermon series called All About God. All About God. And we're going to begin with the creation narrative here in Genesis chapter 1, because when we learn all about God, we learn a whole lot more about ourselves. And today as we think about God's creation, it is a very contemporary message because people are asking a lot of questions about this created world we live in. I believe everybody would agree our times are out of whack, just out of whack. Now, that is a scientific word that my hematologist used when he came to the hospital and he said to me, you're dying because your numbers are, and here's the scientific word he used, out of whack. I thought, well, that pretty well covers it, I guess. And that was no news to me. I've been out of whack all my life for some reason or another. And so um, I, I get a lot of questions. I had a question this week. We had the AC repairman at our house, and um, one of his workers asked me, he said, Pastor, I want to ask you a question. He said, do you think we're living in the last days? With all this COVID and all the crazy stuff going on in the world, do you think these are signs of the last days? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And what that told me is people are watching God's good earth crumble, out of whack, out of sorts. We realize that we are not right. There's something wrong with this world. There's something wrong with this world. Things are not what they ought to be or should be or could be. And if we will start in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we'll understand why. We'll also understand how God wants to make all things new, beginning in you and in me, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray before we start. Father, we thank you for this word of God. Grass withers, flowers fade, the world gets out of whack. But your word abides forever. Help us, Lord, to 
leave all the theories of this world aside and learn from your scripture who you are and who this world is and what our place is here. And Father, guide our thinking today. Remove all distractions from our mind and our heart and help us to hear a fresh word from the Lord or a reminder that we have forgotten that we're no accident. When we don't feel loved, you say that we are. When we don't feel strong, you say that we are. Because of Jesus, the one who has recreated in us all that you want us to be. We pray it in his name. Amen. In the beginning... Preacher said one time that's where baseball is mentioned in the Bible, in the big inning. That's old, isn't it? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. There it is in verse 2. The work of the Holy Spirit in full operation when God first created the heavens and the earth. In a minute, when we get to verse 26, we're going to see the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All involved in our coming into being in this created world. And God said, let there be light. God said, God said, God spoke. Hear that. We'll talk about that in a minute. God spoke, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning one day. Verse 26. After God created all the parts of creation, he then created you and me. We are what this world is all about. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, imago Deo, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. Thank God for tomatoes. You ever, you ever notice that in the world, uh, you can leave some soil alone and weeds and all kinds of things that come up. But you have to work hard at producing a harvest of things that are fruitful and that are beneficial to us. Have any idea why? Well, it's here in the creation story. It's because God created a good world and a good earth. Then he created us. And then we got it all out of whack. Every tree which yields its fruit in its season, it shall be for food. And to every beast of the earth, 
And to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw that all that he had made, behold, it was what? Very good. When God pronounced the light and the dark and the, and the waters and the deep and all that he created, he said it was good. But after he created you and me and assigned us in this creation, he said it's very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. What did God do on the seventh day of creation? God rested. God rested. And um, I pray that you have a Sabbath in your life one day a week, regardless of what day of the week it is. Three things we're going to learn today about God's creation. One creation, as we look at God's creation, it reveals His power to create and His power to create the world in which we live, and His power to create whatever world He desires for us to live in in the future as well. I don't think God's through creating, because He created you, and there's more to be done. And we, we enter into God's creative activity because we're the only creatures God made that can create. We have that creativity about us, and that's how we're like God. We join him in creation. And secondly, we're going to learn that creation reveals his purpose for this world. What's it all about? Where is it going? What's God doing in this world? And most important to all of us, what's my place in this world? What on earth am I here for? You ever ask yourself that question? What am I here for? What is it all about? Well, let's begin where the Bible begins in chapter 1, talking about God's power to create. I tell you, I love Meade County. You all have the most beautiful countryside around here there is in all of Kentucky. I've been to eastern Kentucky, I've been to western Kentucky, but none exceeds Meade County. It is absolutely beautiful out here. I remember the first time I went to Germany and I got off the airplane and was going down to uh, Spangdalem and uh, Rheinstein Air Base and those areas. And as we traveled along, I thought, this looks like Kentucky. And it really does. A lot of Germany looks like Kentucky. And, uh, but it's beautiful out here. And one of the uh, things I enjoy, and I miss really on Sunday nights because we're not having Sunday night services, but as we would drive home on Sunday evenings, the sun would set back down that way somewhere, I think, right? That's west. I'm always turned around when I get out of church. I don't know. But if I follow the sun, it sets in the west, right? And... Um, it's just absolutely beautiful. And we stopped one time and took some pictures of the setting sun uh, in the sky out here. It was just beautiful. But after the sun goes down, you have something in Meade County that we don't see in Jefferson County. You know what it is? Stars. Absolutely, stars. You, you might see one or two in, in uh, Louisville. We can't see the moon, you know. It's bright enough. But you can see the constellation out here, and it is absolutely gorgeous. And God made it all that way so that you and I would pause and say, we're not alone. And we didn't make this. And there is somebody with power somewhere to bring all this into being. We need to know who that someone is. The psalmist says in chapter 8, when I consider your heavens, when I reflect God gave us the Sabbath so we would reflect. You've got to have some time where you turn off 
the internet, you turn off the TV, radio, whatever you're watching, you turn off, turn off, turn everything off, and, and rediscover that awe of God's creation. When's the last time you experienced the awe of God's creation? Absolutely beautiful. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you've set in its place, who am I? What is mankind that you're mindful of him? That in human beings that you care for them. God created you and me by his spoken word. Now, when we go to school, we learn that there's something called, um, in theory, the Big Bang. And that was the beginning of all things. And uh, here a few years ago, um, we built a, uh, something called a Large Hadron Collider over in Switzerland somewhere, 17 miles around. And um, we've learned to shoot some protons through that thing and collide those particles. And when those particles collide through this huge magnet that was created there, it cost $9 billion to make it. When those particles collide, something happens there, and we can take a picture of that, and uh, scientists are saying to us, that's what it was like at the Big Bang. And so we're studying those particles and finding out there's things going on there that we didn't know to start with. And so it's like the more we investigate God's creation, the more there is to investigate. And that's true about God, too. The more you know about God, the more there is to know about God. So that's called the Big Bang Theory. I want to submit to you that scientists will never discover what happened before the Big Bang. The Bible says what happened before the Big Bang. There was the big voice. The big voice. And God spoke. Whether it was a Big Bang or whatever else happened to that, God spoke. There has to be a prime mover behind the Big Bang. And that is the Lord our God, who started the beginning. Can you believe that? Who is eternal, who always was, who always is, and who always will be. And in our finite human mentality and intelligence and understanding, we cannot perceive eternity, but we know that God existed before existence. And God spoke. And everything came into being. I call it the big voice theory. This is the same voice that spoke to Moses and said, Come aside, this burning bush. I need to reveal myself to you and tell you my name. Because Moses said, God, if you want me to go down to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, ha, 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 who's got the nerve to do that? That's a suicide mission. I need to know who's sending me. And God says, I'm going to tell you my name. My name is I Am. That's God's name. Meaning, I am, always was. I am who I am now. I always will be who I am. I am that I am. Adonai, the Lord our God. This is the same voice that spoke through the prophets and said to the people of Israel, that if you don't repent and come back to me and worship me, I will send you off to exile. Many of you will be killed, and you will live the rest of your days in exile. 
and that happened. And this is the same voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. On top of that mountaintop, the Mount of Transfiguration, where uh, two of the disciples along with Jesus saw him revealed and saw the glory of God behind the voice. They saw the glory of God behind the voice. And they didn't run away. What did they want to do? Let's, let's hang out here. Let's build a tabernacle here. Let's stay here. And that's what heaven's going to be like when you're in the presence of holy God and you're in the, you are engulfed by the very glory of God. You ain't going to want to come back down this place. You're going to want to hang out for eternity. And that's what's the beautiful part about heaven is we're in the glory of God. This is the same big voice that spoke at that tomb where Lazarus had died and his body had decayed for four days. And Martha and Mary both asked Jesus, why didn't you come earlier? And Jesus said that the glory of God may be revealed. That's why. And the Bible says he went to that empty tomb And he spoke with a big voice again. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says that's the same voice that the world is going to hear when Jesus comes back again. And the dead will be raised from the tombs and those who are alive when Jesus comes will have a resurrection body. The voice of God that spoke everything into existence. And now we have the voice of God in the written word. The word. The word of God. And the word of God says, God created all there is. And God can also recreate. He can take people like you and me that have sinned and fallen short of the intention, the glory of God... And he can change us from being out of whack to being in proportion and being on task and becoming the people that God intended for us to be to start with. That is the power of the Holy Spirit that brought all things into existence in Genesis chapter 1 is the same Holy Spirit in you and me that can bring order back from disorder. When God created the world, there's scripture in here that says there was formlessness and void. And God took that formlessness and void and he created the stars and the planets and gravity and light and dark and all that exists. He created time and he put you and me in that time in this universe that we live now. This is the same power of God that can re-revolutionize uh, your life, restore your life, regenerate your soul because we are lost in our sin and we become found in the Lord Jesus Christ and instead of living a disordered and out of whack life we are living in an ordered life so that we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. When we're living the disordered life, we're living all those other things that Paul mentions there in Galatians chapter 5. So the God who has the power to bring order in the creation world 
can bring order to your life and to mine when we say, Lord, I'm not in charge of my life anymore. I'm giving my life to you. God, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to take over my life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. There's that word again. Creation. Old is gone away. All has become new in the Lord Jesus Christ. I read this week about a guy named Nate who bought a laptop from a couple named uh, Lou and Patty. And there was something about uh, Nate who um, bought this little laptop from this couple and they decided we're going to pray for Louie. We don't know what's going on in his life, but we just pray that God will somehow use this laptop in his life. What they didn't know was that um, Nate was an alcoholic. And uh, Nate had tried to reform his life, reform himself. I'll do better. I'll quit soon. I, you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict or any kind of addict, you can be addicted to the Internet. You can be addicted to sugar like me. You can be addicted to anything. And, and you can say to yourself, I'll change myself. I, I'll, I can quit any time I want to. And the truth is, you're addicted and your brain's addicted. And you're living on, an, on, a, on a disordered brain, and you can't. You're just powerless to do so. Nate finally went into recovering the 12 Steps program, and uh, he did all right with step number one, which is to acknowledge that you're powerless. You know, when, when the pain is so bad of addiction, you'll say, I give up, I can't do this anymore. But step number two says, I will acknowledge a higher power. I will acknowledge God and he couldn't go to step two. And because he couldn't go to step two, he relapsed. After relapsing, Nate went back into AA and went through step two and gave his life to Jesus Christ and went through the other steps of recovery after that. And it wasn't long afterwards that he met Lou and Patty, the very couple that sold him the laptop, and they said, there's something different about you. Tell us your story. What's happened? And he told them his story about being regenerated, becoming a new man in Christ. And they said, we've been praying for you. Because we knew there was something about you as, this, as you. as you took our laptop, we knew there was something about you that God wanted to do a work in your life. Friends, God has the power to bring a creation. And when Christ comes back, there's going to be a new creation. And you and I are going to live in that new creation. But it's all by the power of God. I am powerless to change myself. I am powerless to change myself. Just like I'm pretty much powerless to change the world in which I live. But I can be changed. I can be changed. I'm not perfect, but I can be perfected by the God who created heaven and earth. And the Bible says that Jesus was involved with creation in that it was created by him and for him and through him all things came into being, Paul says in the book of Romans as he talks about the, the uh, supremacy of, of Christ. So creation, when we look at the awe and the majesty of God's creation, we're reminded that God has the power to create and he has the power to recreate in our life as well. The second thing we learn when we look at God's creation, it reveals his purpose for this world. 
Where is the world headed? Well, two purposes God has for this world. One, all creation exists to bring glory to God. The Bible says in Psalm 19, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. God speaks through creation. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, God says, uh, Paul is writing there in Romans, the Lord says, all of mankind is without excuse because God speaks through creation. God speaks through creation. And He continues to speak day after day, night after night. They make Him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voices are never heard, yet their message has gone throughout all the earth and their words to all the world. God's world speaks glory. God's world is saying glory be to God. God's world is bringing glory unto Him. And that's His purpose for this world. That it would exalt the Lord our God who created all things. It's all for Him. It's all by Him. And it's been all through Him. And all things belong to Him. Martin Luther commented on the creation of the world. And Martin Luther the great reformist said, I believe that God has created me and all that exists that he has given me and still preserves to me my body and soul, my eyes, my ears, all my members, my reason and all the power of my soul, together with food and raiment, a home and family and all my property, that he daily provides abundantly for all the needs of my life, protects me from all danger, guards and keeps me from all evil, and he does this purely out of his fatherly and divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. That is the nature of God. God creates out of His love. So all of creation brings glory to God. When you look at creation, it is exalting to the Lord. And creation also belongs to God. God has a right. I hear this. I know this doesn't go well with modern thinking. But what gives God the right to tell me what to do with my life? People are asking that all the time. What gives God the right to decide right and wrong? I mean, who is He anyway? Well, He created all things, and all things belong to Him. This world and everything that exists in this world belongs to God. It's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Creator God. If I don't get that, if I don't understand that, I will always be out of whack. I will always be in rebellion against God. I will always be an enemy of God if I don't understand that because He is the Creator, He is also the decider. It's His world. And He decides what is righteous and what is unrighteous because he is a righteous God he is a holy God and all of creation belongs to him well let's end by talking about our place in the world this is really the meat of what we want to take home today what is our place in this world I want to share with you three insights into understanding our place in this world number one who we are is God's gift to us And who we become is our gift to God. Look at your life that way. Who we are. 
nobody is created like you. There's no DNA like you. There's no person with your DNA. You are uniquely you. That's God's gift to you. And you are God's gift to the world as well. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody, don't let anybody tell you you are worthless and useless. That is a lie. God made you uniquely you. And you're not an accident. You're not an accident. God brought you into existence by His divine activity in this world. God created you as you are. You are uniquely you. If we were all me, the world would be out of whack. When I come to think about it, God created diversity. There's no two people exactly alike. And that's what makes our world interesting. That's what, that's what enriches our world, that no two people are just alike. So when you, when you look out at the world and you see the majesty and the magnificence of God, do you enjoy the splendor and the beauty of all things? Or does everybody look the same to you? And does the world look the same to you? Have we looked at each other so often that we have missed the beauty of uniqueness in each per person? I think we can become so um, used to each other, being together with each other, that until we're apart, we don't really miss each other. But there's beauty in every person there is. And the beauty of God's good earth that he made, he wants us to acknowledge and enjoy. Elizabeth Browning wrote a column in uh, the book, um, I mean, the, the magazine published Christianity to Today, and she called it Reflections. And here's a, here's a little quote from that article that, that she wrote. To me, it just, um, to me, this little quote brings back um, the need for reflection and appreciation for all of creation. She says this, Earth is crammed with heaven. Think about that. Earth is crammed with heaven. Every common bush afire with God. But only, who, who, only he who sees it takes her shoes off. The rest just sit around and pluck blackberries. When you see God's good earth, God's good creation, God's people, do you appreciate God's goodness? Who we are is God's gift to us. Who we become is our gift to God. Secondly, we are to be stewards of this good earth. We are to manage this good earth. That's what stewardship is all about. What are you doing with your trash? What are you doing with your trash? Did you know that a banana peel, when you throw it away, will last in the woods about three or four weeks? And then it's absorbed back into the earth. Paper bag, take about a month for it to just kind of dissipate. A pair of wool socks will last a year. And the aluminum can will, will contain itself and stay like it is for two to five hundred years. It takes 500 years for disposable diapers to dissipate. And a lot of that doesn't. Plastic 
bags takes about a thousand years. A plastic gallon jug you bought from the grocery store takes a million years. Styrofoam, over a million years. What are you doing with the leftovers? Let us be good stewards of God's good earth. Third and lastly, what's my place in this world? My place is to take care of this world. My place is to become all that God's gifted me to be. And thirdly, my place is to understand that we were made for God and not vice versa. We were created to bring glory unto God. You and I exist only because God wills that we exist. We were made by God and for God, and until we understand that, life never makes much sense. It's only in God that we discover where we came from, who we are, the meaning of this world, our purpose in life, that we are significant and that we have a destiny. We discover that in Jesus Christ. Every other path you try to take in life becomes dead end. So I would ask you today, what path are you on? What path are you taking? Have you given your life to Christ to serve Him, to glorify Him? Are you living your life for yourself? And are you taking care of this good earth where God has placed you? And are we treasuring the beauty of this world and the beauty of God's recreation in other people. It's all about God, not about us. It's all about God.